Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. It's twins. We have to move. (laughs) It depends. A lot. (laughs) Right. A lot in this episode. And I'm like, no, this is going to, I need to go. (laughs) Um, I can't, I can't. Oh, yeah, no, I don't have that. (laughs) So we wasted a lot of time. We've pulled back shower curtains and found bathtubs full of stuffed animals. <laughs> have... You can't punch a hole in the wall when you're moving out and be like, Meh. oh, well, it's not my house. No. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. Welcome. It's episode 183. Okay. How to sell a house. Another consumer episode. Another guide for for the consumers. <laughs> so if you have someone out there that is like on the fence, not sure, or anyone, anyone looking to sell their house. Well, you know what I think too? Um, first time buyer is like this huge thing that's talked about in real estate. Yeah. Agents talk about it. You know, homeowners, talk, people talk about it. Like just li- whatever. First time home buyers. Nobody ever talks about first time sellers. Mm, and I think that point. is such a confusing time because selling is not the same thing as buying. Yes, you saw it from the other side. It's totally different. Totally different. So we're going to try and address the selling process, whether you're a first-time seller or not, mm-hmm. um, and speak to the consumer. So if you're our agent listeners, please share. Um, but I'm nervous because it's so much. Okay, we're going to try to stay out of the weeds and just keep moving efficiently I know, for so you. <laughs> it's going to be a lot. Just you're going to you can do this. You can do hard things, right? <laughs> um, but also it kind of brings me to the most important thing that I tell my sellers, selling your home is work. Mm-hmm. Just like when you listen to this, it's going to be like, "Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot to it." Yeah. It can be done. It can be done smoothly, easily, with little stress, mm-hmm. but it is still work. Sure. It, it, you know, this is not like you pop out and look at a house like a buyer and then you're like, I'll take it. Right? <laughs> I always say like buyers are so excited. Yeah. And sellers are more stressed out. And nervous. And nervous. And, you know, there's financial fear. Like what if I don't get what I want? Or what if the market is different? Right. Um, and even when you sell it, you're like, should I have gotten more for it? I don't know. You know, you, even when it sells, it's it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's so a lot to process. We're do our best. Should you give us the quick 30-second who's Alyssa for a seller who's never listened to the show before? Okay, sure. My name's Alyssa Jenkins. <laughs> I am a realtor in the Baton Rouge market. Okay. As you heard from our intro, I have been selling real estate since 2011. Okay. And probably the last five or six years, I have been more seller heavy. Yeah, you make that transition. Yeah, you kind of so transition. for our seller listeners, that's kind of what happens. Your newer, inexperienced agents tend 
tend to be more buyer heavy. And then obviously, as your old clients start to come back around and are ready to sell, or as you get more confidence or just been in the business longer, you tend to make a little transition to seller. Sure. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Katie Caldwell, also in the Baton Rouge, Louisiana market. Hi, got my license in 2005. And um I, I love sellers mm-hmm. and I hated them when I started. They're, I was so yeah, scared yeah. and I love them now. Mm-hmm. I love staging is my jam. Mm-hmm. I have sold hundreds of homes and I feel like if I had to give a seller advice, I'm ready. Right. Like I can give a seller advice. Awesome. Okay. So let's do this. Where do they start? They called you. When do they call you? Let's start there. I feel like I get calls at a few different stages okay let's you know hear it. especially if it's a house where they feel like they might have to do some things right i've had people call me and then we talk about it on and off for years i don't think there's a too early to call no and no. i do think even more so now preparing for this episode than before and not that i didn't think this before this episode is not telling you how to sell your house on your own No. This episode is telling you how the process works, but Mm -hmm. you need an agent. Right. I couldn't even begin to tell you all of the things you will miss if you try to do this on your own. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the amount of money that you will likely lose and not even realize you lost Mm -hmm. because you didn't have an agent involved helping you get through all of that. Right. Right? Yeah. Okay. So they contact you, let's say, a year in advance. Mm Mm-hmm. Or when are the other times they contact you? The day before? Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I need to sell my house pretty quickly. Yeah. I just accepted a job. Or right. I had one call one time. We just found out, like, we knew we were pregnant. Not a big deal. It's twins. We have to move. <gasps> big deal. It's a <laughs> and huge they were deal. Like, and we haven't told our family yet. You're the first person that knows it's twins. And I'm like, right. wow, what a big responsibility. You get that too. We haven't told our family we're moving yet. Yes. We haven't told. Please like, don't tell anybody. It's- we need to deal with our housing situation. <laughs> housing is a fundamental need. Yeah, it's a big deal. So, okay, so they reach out to you at all different times all before. All different times, yes. Sometimes it's like people say, hey, I'm remodeling my kitchen and I just want to make sure that the choices I choose are somewhat timeless in case I want to sell in two years. I think that is such a great tip. Mm-hmm. If you're not even selling your house now, or maybe you're going to sell it in a couple of years and you're like, I'm going to spruce up this, or I'm going to change out the floor. Call your agent. Yeah. Just make sure they, it's okay. They want to help you. You do not want to waste that money. Can I tell you how many listing appointments I have been on where the seller says, oh. what, you got to answer no, this? No, keep going. You're like, oh, you're thinking. I'm thinking. Yes. Like, is it your phone? What's I'm happening? already thinking about. The yes. seller says, I paid $25,000 for this patio cover. It is so great. I want to sell my house for market value plus the $25,000 patio cover. And I have to break the very bad news that that's not how valuing their home works. Sure, it's an amenity. It's nice. Maybe you'll sell it faster, but I can't get you dollar for dollar on pretty much any upgrade to your home. Nothing makes me more sad than when they have started doing what they think is the right thing and getting their house ready, ready for the market. And then I and then call me when they're done. And I show up and the first thing I'm thinking is like, gosh, we have to paint this. We have to change this the color. color is so bad. And they're like, we just painted. Doesn't it look great? Like, oh no. I, I wish I would have known. Right. We want to make look, and the other thing is you want to give the advice that makes it cheap 
and as easy as possible for them to get their house ready. I'm not looking to make every house perfectly renovated no, before no. it sells. I, I don't know if I've ever really suggested any type of renovation. No. You know, if it's a home that's out of date, just something like a clean blank slate. Right. Cleanliness is a huge thing. Huge, huge. So. Okay, so they reach out to you. What happens? They call you? I think we just have to figure out the time frame first. Okay. And get a game plan together of things to start thinking about and working on. Okay. When do you go to meet that person? I think you're going to hear it depends a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot in it this depends. episode. A lot in this episode. I do think it's helpful for them to have – so I do have the getting your house ready checklist. Right. It is helpful if the at least the decluttering process has started. Sure. And honestly, my checklist began because my listing appointments were taking two and three hours. And that's not good for the seller or you. Nobody's happy at no. the end of that. It's no. too, much too much because we're, you know, looking at, especially if you've been there a long time, it could be a long consult. Right. So I do have my checklist and I tell them, listen, just review it. And kind of let me know where do you – how close do you think you'd be not doing everything on the list, right. but starting the decluttering process so that when I come to get us ready for photos, mm -hmm. it's not a, you know, five-page document. Right. It's just like kind of a checklist right. of final things. Yeah. The only way I would go earlier on is if the seller was saying, I, I'm about to make a renovation or I'm about to right. do some type of costly repairs or changes that I need your opinion on mm -hmm. or I need a color for or whatever. Then I would be like, sure, I'll come. I'll come now. You get right. ready for the next six months and then we'll list. That's fine. I don't think there's a there's not a right answer. Mm -hmm. So like, what's the situation? When do you need to move? What's the status of your house? Yes. Have you made any changes to it? Is it also like old, do you, like, you do have somewhere to go? Like, how's that looking? <laughs> I want to make sure we don't make you homeless. Right. We <laughs> never want you to be homeless. No, no, no. Okay. So they call you and take them. I will sometimes share kind of what's going on in their neighborhood. So mm -hmm. they have a guide a lot of times sellers don't have a clue what the numbers are sure so like i don't even know if i am able to sell what based on what i owe and what the market's doing and all of that are questions that your agent is going to ha have to answer after they know about your situation your neighborhood and mm -hmm. your house mm -hmm. okay so we do the best we can without seeing it but then at some point you got to get in there yes here's my number one tip about that your zestimate your <laughs> online any website that tells you the value of your home is not accurate. It's not okay? a person. It's not a person. They haven't been inside. They don't know about the cell phone tower in your backyard. They don't know the different, the little nuances of your home. So it could be a guide, but I've seen them way too high. I've seen them way too low. Me too. Yeah. So I, I would hate for you to go online and be like, oh, Zillow said my house is worth three hundred, and I can only sell if it's worth three fifty. And really, your house is worth three seventy five. Yeah, there's no way for you to know that without consulting with a human agent mm -hmm. who who can look at the market data for your neighborhood. I've also had situations where I tell sellers who maybe aren't ready right now, like I can run numbers for you today, but we have to check them pretty regularly. Yeah. We do have an episode on appraisals. Yes. Ask the appraiser. Mm -hmm. um, that would be a good one to go back and reference if you're really curious how they value your home. Right. But we kind of work, eight realtors work in the same way as far as 
how we do the search, what parameters we're allowed to use, what counts as a comparable sale. And I always tell my sellers, there is no magic number. No. It's a discussion between the market data Mm -hmm. and what your financial goals need to be to make this move work. Yeah. And we kind of come up with a range. Right. Yeah. You can be like, I try to price as aggressively as I can because I want you to get it. I want you to get as much money as you can out of your house. At the same time, you can't push the boundary over what the market will allow because then you're going to sit on the market and be stale. Right. So that's would be what they call missing the market. You can't miss the market just because you're trying to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. And it, so pricing is really tricky. And I, lots of sellers will say, well, I just want to test the market. Yeah. Well, that's also not okay because again, you're going to sit there, be stale, become stale, and then you're going to have to come down lower than I would have told you to list anyway. Mm-hmm. And once you start making those price changes, there's really no turning back. Right. Okay. So they've called. They've told you what's going on with their house. You've said, all right, fine. Let's just say now the six months have passed and we're about ready to list. Okay. Are we ready for that? Yeah. 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 Um, number one step is always call your agent, tell them what your plan is, and now we're ready to show up. Sure. Okay. What happens when you go? Because we do this differently. Yes. We have a little bit of a different process. So I do like to send them my pre-listing email template. Okay. It has a copy of my resume in it. Right. It also has a copy of the property disclosure right. that I need filled out it's to list it's a, a home. It's a tedious document to fill out. And I have had sellers sit at the counter and try to fill it out while I'm there. And, like that's, and I'm like, no, no. this is going to – I need to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't, I can't. – There's also a homeowner information sheet that I made that asks all the other questions. Yeah, I have one of those. That the property disclosure doesn't answer but that the public really yeah, wants like, to know about. Average utilities. utilities right. Yes. Who are the companies? What upgrades have you done that the right. disclosure didn't ask How about? How old are your appliances? And it also has this little checklist of things to have ready for our meeting. Okay, tell us the things that a seller would need to have ready for that listing appointment. And you know what makes me so happy about this list? It was derived from listing appointments gone bad. All oh, right. We've, <laughs> we've done all the hard work. I have figured out. <laughs> We're going to make this as streamlined for you as possible. Yes. And I, I can remember one listing appointment in particular where I just mentioned if you have an old appraisal that's mm. on this list, a copy of a previous appraisal, right? because we as realtors do need to confirm square footage. Yeah, the size, size of your home. You should not ever copy the old listing. No. You need to either have an appraisal or have someone that has measured it or right. you measure it. Right, right. So that you can show where you got the square footage from. Sure. If they have an old appraisal, I'm so thankful because yeah. I don't care to measure it. I will. I would prefer an old appraisal. Right. But I had mentioned <laughs> at the table, mm-hmm. do you have a copy of an old appraisal? And the husband's like, oh, you know, I think we do. And he was gone for like 30 minutes <laughs> like from in a the table. Yes. And kept pull- and I kept saying, don't worry about it. We can find it later. Did he find it? No. Oh, bless. He was like, found it. I was like, oh, great. And he brings it to me. I and like, no. It's his inspection report from when he bought it. <gasps> Holy smokes. And he was like, oh, yeah, no, I don't have that. <laughs> so we wasted a lot of time. Right, his and yours. So, you know, every time I had a situation, I just added it to the list. Okay, so what are the other things they need to have? Okay, so if you are in a subdivision, a copy of the restrictions is helpful. Okay. Knowing what you owe on your home so that we can talk numbers, net sheet, you know, when we're figuring out the price. Right. If your home is in a flood 
zone that requires flood insurance, mm-hmm. letting me know what that number is. Yep. How much is your flood insurance? Because that could affect value. Okay. A spare key for the lockbox that works. Yeah. The key that um, works. Very important. I do ask them to have the property disclosure and homeowner information sheet filled out. Already done. Because it's helpful when I show up and they have it and they hand it to me and I go, oh, I didn't know your roof was new. Or I didn't know you just did. like Because right. it asks for updates you've done. So all of a sudden, I have it already, and Got we're it. just discussing it. Okay. Um, and then there are some things specific to our market, like if you have a septic tank. Right. You know, I need certain things. Um, the information sheet really answers a lot of these, like homeowners yeah. association information. So anyway, I just like to – the main things are really the disclosures filled out right. and a previous appraisal. Okay. And when you show up – you're going to go walk through the house with them, mm-hmm. tell them the last few things they need to do, schedule the photos. Yes. Okay. I'm a little bit different because I don't mind going – I don't want to spend like a half hour while you dig in your closet. Yeah, yeah. However, yeah. I don't mind going a little bit earlier on because I want – I'm because I'm so staging focused, I want to really see your house and be like, okay, here's the list. Yeah, yeah. I need you to do it just like this. Right. <laughs> or like you need to tell <laughs> this me is what it needs where to do I need help? Like mm-hmm. what's going on here? So I will go typically a little earlier on. Like I have a couple of pre-listing appointments. I do more of a pre-listing appointment where I feel like you're doing like the final listing appointment. We kind of do it all together. Yeah. yeah. And I just don't have to necessarily go back. I mean, I'll go back at the end when the photographer's ready, but I've seen it. I've told you what to do. We've walked through the house. You filled out all of those things, the property disclosure and your homeowner checklist, all that. So it's a little bit different, but I like to walk through, have them tell me, what did you change? Mm-hmm. You know, tell me. Everything about the house that maybe someone changed before you, especially if I didn't sell it to them and I've never seen it before, yeah. we need to know like what's going on with the house. So I think that the listing appointment is going to be a walkthrough of your home and then it's going to be me telling you what the other houses in the neighborhood have sold for. And I can usually adjust that after I've seen it that day. So I bring it with me and I'll have an idea in my mind. But maybe I get there and your house is amazing and mm-hmm. I have to go up on the price, I thought. Right. Or maybe I get there and your house isn't quite as updated as the other comparable houses. And so I have to go down. That's okay. Like I'll change yeah. it sometimes in the moment. Um, but I'll be able to tell you with the net sheet. So your net sheet starts at what's your list price and you know what are all the costs of closing and then maybe – what would we expect in the market for concessions, like mm-hmm. buyer closing costs or something like that? I'll have looked at all the the market report and I would know that. Sure. So then we would look at your numbers. We would look at the na- neighborhood, look at your numbers. I would give you your staging checklist and I would hit the road. And maybe you're going to be ready in a week. Maybe you're going to be ready in a month. And we'll double check those again because, right, your value from your market report is a moment in time. Yes. If a, if an agent has told you your home is worth 300000 but you don't list it for six months – you can't just assume it's 300 or more. It could be less. It's also not a bad idea if you're an agent to set them up on a subdivision report for the subdivision they're in so that monthly they can right. keep up with the activity so there's no surprises. Mm-hmm. That's always been I think helpful. that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gives a run through of what's going to happen at that listing appointment. But let's back up a step. What if – how do they choose an agent? <laughs> how do they how do they even get to you? What should they do to pick their agent? I have found that sellers vet more than buyers do. Well, for sure, because they're they're paying, paying us. Yes. Right. And and so in the real estate industry, how realtors are paid could be changing. Um at at this point in time, it's always been that at closing, 
the commission comes out of the seller's proceeds. Right. And the buyer doesn't pay. Right. And they actually re- – I actually read an article about that started because buyers have so many closing costs associated with the loan and like everything's, you know, negotiable. But it was just – Okay. And yes, apparently before we were even around, you were – the. Both agents were representing the seller. That's how they would phrase it. Right. But I don't really understand. Now it works like this. <laughs> the seller has writ- has signed a listing agreement with the broker of the agent they chose. Yes. That agreement, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, <laughs> is not between me, Katie, your agent, and you. It's between my office, my broker, yes. and you with yes. me assigned as your agent. If I stop selling real estate, that agreement does not die. No. It's still between you and my broker, and my broker can assign you a new agent. Correct. Now, that's a great question for when you're talking to agents or, or interviewing or just if you only are talking to one. What are what's the penalty if I cancel? Mm-hmm. Like what if I what if something happens to you and your broker assigns me a new agent and I just want to cancel and I don't want to sell anymore or whatever? Is there a penalty? Some offices charge a fee. Right. I don't charge a fee. Me neither. Okay. All right. So what else to pick your agent? Um, Word of mouth, Mm -hmm. I think, is hugely important. And then also just checking online reviews. How active are they? If uh, and this may seem petty, but if I was choosing an agent, I would probably check out their social media and just see like, are they actively selling real estate? Well, I think it's good to see. You can kind of base someone's knowledge off of do they have a website? Yes. Do they have a Google presence? Is, mm-hmm. Do they have some reviews? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're picking an agent out of – in our market, there were, what, 4,000 agents? Yeah. It's a lot. It's like – And we're a medium size. Like right. there are boards – some cities in the United States have – Tens of thousands of agents. So, right. You've got to do something to sift through. Getting the recommendation from someone you know who's used them is always the easiest because mm-hmm. they can tell you firsthand what their experience was. Right. But you may also find there's an agent that markets to your neighborhood and is very familiar. You know, you can't just be an agent in our our city isn't even that big, right? Right. And I still wouldn't be like, I'm an expert on every zip code of the city. No, no. At all. Yeah. So it'd be good to find someone who was. So we're going to Google and see if they have a review. What else? We're going to check their social media. Oh, you said um, if they have any maybe mutual Facebook friends. Yeah. You can, like sort yeah. out if you know someone who knows them. Mm-hmm. Um, again, check their website. Just does it look like someone you would want to work with? Yeah. I mean, that's a that's the great thing about social media. Like, yeah, this person is like my speed. I do think personality of the realtor and the seller's matching is important mm-hmm. um, as far as like, can we communicate well? Right. Do we get along? Do I trust this person? Make I sure you that. trust them. I'm so glad that you said, do we communicate well? Because then my number one tip for vetting your agent is reach out when you're ready yeah. via phone or email. And how long does it take them to respond? Like, do they answer their phone? Did they return your message? Did you get a return email within, you know, a certain amount of time? How did they respond? That's going to set the tone for how things are going to go. how available are they? If they're not available for new business, I don't know that they're going to be available once you have already done the listing. True. Yes. Okay. So that's a good tip there. Um, Now, we learned in our buyer-seller from NAR, our statistics this year, that I think it was like, what, 85% of sellers just choose the first agent they see right. in person. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to assume if you're listening, you 
You may or may not be interviewing multiple agents. You're welcome to interview multiple agents. Mm-hmm. That is something that has happened for many years, And but you're busy. Yeah. So maybe you can try and vet an agent and get some reviews and get like a referral before so that we already know you only really want to see the one. Correct. Yes. So unless it goes terribly awry, Mm -hmm. um, once you've seen the one agent, you should be good. Um, But there are interview questions, and I'm not going to read them all. No. Okay, because we're trying to keep this as concise as we can. You want to show YouTube? Um, I'll show YouTube. Just like that we have a piece of paper with all these listing interview questions. Yeah. So we're going to do – if you want to go to our website, we're going to give you the list. So okay. you can have it. it. Sellers. If you want to. You or know, agents. Yeah. If you <laughs> just want to have an idea of what maybe you would ask an agent if you are interviewing multiple or even if you're just asking questions of the one you're going to hire, um, we have all of them. You know, ask about professional photography. It asks about how do you, you know, communicate. It asks about. Are you full time? Right. Have you been in the business? All these things. You know, how many transactions do you do? Um, and Look, there's no right or wrong answer to these questions. So if you're a new agent or if you're interviewing a new agent or a seasoned agent, there's a bonus to like, if you're newer and you have more time for me, great. Mm-hmm. If you're seasoned and you have more experience to negotiate, great. Like there's there's pros and cons. Pros and cons to every agent. There's no like, oh, you're part-time. Well, I can't use you. Mm-hmm. But it's a good guide for just maybe – how to interview an agent. Yeah. And um, we wouldn't ask every question on here. No. But pick, maybe you could pick like your top five or six yeah, that you want to ask that the matter person. To you. Yes. Which ones right? matter? Okay. So you can get that on our website, hustlehumblypodcast.com. Uh, and I think it'll be like slash sellers? listing. No, sellers is already on there because oh, that's okay. the list of episodes that are about sellers. Listing. Listing. I think it'll be slash listing. So that's the story with that. Hustlehumblypodcast.com slash listing. Okay. Okay, so we're going to move on. You've interviewed your agent or found them however you found them. You've decided you like them. You've decided to move forward. They have come to your home and told you how to prepare. Here is my tip on this. Preparation of your home for sale Mm -hmm. is more important than when you list it. 100%. I don't care if you're in a hurry. Can we list it early without photos? No. <laughs> like, can we list it before we finish painting this room? No. No. Can we list it's it? It's worth the wait. If uh, Well, we can't get the grass cut until next week, and it's like a forest right now. Like, it's like a field, whatever. It's yeah, hot. yeah. Can, can we list it now? No. Mm-mm. No. You only have one chance to make a first impression. Whenever it goes live, that is the time that it emails all the agents that have a search set up that meets that criteria. It hits all the websites. Right. All the consumers who have searches set up get notified. If your listing comes to them with zero photos. Yeah. You're out. You're done. They're not coming back to you. You had one chance. Yeah. And like, how are your photos ordered? What is the... If you have a great pool in the backyard don't make it the last photo of like 50 photos i think they said your first four photos will determine if they keep clicking Mm -hmm. to look at the rest of your house right so if they don't like what they see they're not even going to make it to the pool yeah yes exactly put the pool and look some mls systems require you to have the front of the house as the first picture i do usually do that but there is no requirement after that the pool Mm -hmm. can be the second picture Mm -hmm. there's no reason why you couldn't resort them now i do like to sort mine the way my photographer sends them to me, which is as if you were walking through the house. Sure. 
you know, front of the house, foyer, living room, however you see it. But at the same time, if there's like a killer workshop in the backyard and we need to know about that, it's got to go. That's how I do mine. I put all the important stuff up first, first yeah, and then I get down to like the guest bathroom. Right. Yeah, and- like what if you get the guest bathroom first? Like that's yeah. kind of a boring photo. Agree. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to get your house ready regardless. It, it A week a week in the market is not that big of a difference. No, Two weeks even. No. Yeah. Get it ready before you list. And and here's the disclaimer on photos. If your agent shows up with a cell phone and starts taking photos, run. Kindly ask them <laughs> to put the phone away and and get you a professional we, photographer. You have to have professional. With the buyers, the amount of consumers, the way that the internet is used. If the internet presence is not good, you're not going to You're just sell. being missed. You're being missed. They're not for ignore. what you could get. Right. Okay. Nine, this is the actual stat. It was 97% of buyers search online. It has to look good online. Your photo I don't even know good. what the other 10% are doing. No, 3%. 97. Oh. oh, 97. Basically everyone. Okay. Everyone who has, it has a, to look good. Who has access to a computer or a phone is like, yeah. I'll just look at these online. Sure. I, I'm not going to go with whatever the other option is. I don't know in person, all mm-hmm. of them. Um, okay. So you need the photos. Yes. This is very crucial. We um, do have in our templates a your house is ready your your photos are scheduled right with some tips for how to leave your home yeah ready mm-hmm. um, we also have a whole episode on staging yep so there are some episodes that could complement this if there is a certain area that you're wanting to dive deeper into right so we will reference those on our Instagram also yes, so you can follow sure. us on Instagram okay but. You know, having the checklist for when the photographer comes, having all the blinds open, every lamp on, like, you know, Uh things how they should be, toilet lids closed. Right. And some of the things are like, you want to do the week of, like mow your grass and all of these things, freshen up your mulch. And some things you got to do just the day of your photo. Turn off the TV, turn off the fan, Mm -hmm. you know, close the toilet lid. Obviously, we would love for you to have it looking the same for your showings as you did for your photos. I do tell my sellers, photo day is the hardest day. Oh, yeah. Because that's the day that it has to be the most perfect. It, you have a dog? I want it to look like the dog has never been there. Never been no there. No bowls, on photo no beds, yeah. no nothing. Like We hide all the dog bowls. I've hidden them in Ugh. the washing machine before. Yeah. I've hidden them in the back of the car. You take your to-go stuff, all the things you're hiding. <laughs> all your toothbrushes and stuff are in a basket in your car. <laughs> right, or under the counter. Like, yeah. we're trying to... We've pulled back shower curtains and found bathtubs full of stuffed animals. <laughs> I have found things Stop. hidden in the oven. Like, yeah. like what? so, you know, right. photo day is the hardest for showings. We have a separate checklist for how your house should look for showings that we will get to. Right. But showings are a little bit more forgiving because they mm-hmm. know you live there. The photos got them there. Okay. But if the photos aren't good, they're never going to make it to the showing. Okay. So they got the prep list for their photos. You, you've you gone and now the, the photographer's there. What's yeah, happening? Yeah. He's taking his photos. <laughs> right. Where I'm probably... Measuring rooms with my laser measurer, filling out the MLS input sheet. I usually like to do the input sheet while, while with the photos. While your photos yeah. are happening. I try to write the description in the notes section of my phone while I'm in the house. It just helps me. Right. Um, and then I'm not having as much okay. to do. Do you do top 10? I don't. Okay. So in my listing um, folder, I have the seller top 10 list. So they have to fill out property disclosure, 
in their homeowner info, but there's also the top 10. The top 10 is really what informs me when I go to write that description because I'm like, oh, I never knew. I would have never even thought about the fact that you have a vanity set up in your master closet and that Mm -hmm. makes getting dressed super easy. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, you know, like they lived there. I didn't live there. The best way for me to know what you love about your home and what someone else will love is if you just tell me. Mm -hmm. And that top 10 list goes in my listing binder and we'll get to that in a bit. Okay. So after the photos and the measuring, you're going to go to input. At what point are they going to sign the listing agreement? Once I have photos scheduled and we're doing this, mm-hmm. I work on all the listing documents okay. to be sent electronically. Yeah. I send mine electronically as well. So it makes it pretty easy. Um, there's no reason why every member of the family needs to be at the listing appointment. If it's just like a scheduling issue and one person can be there, we're eventually the docs are coming to you electronically. Sure. Okay. Oh, other hot tip for sellers. You need to be aware and tell your agent if there are other sellers, especially if it is a, you know, divorce or if if it, this is a secession, like a mm-hmm. death has happened, you need to let them know where you're at legally. Do you yeah. own the home? Who's who's the executor? Who can sign? Every heir of the home has to sign if there yeah. isn't one person assigned by the court. So yeah. You can't just unilaterally sell your home, this home. No. Right? Yeah. If you're it's gonna come up. They're gonna find it. <laughs> a divorce, but you're both on the title still, you're gonna have to both agree and mm-hmm. sign off on this listing. Okay. So um those are important little tidbit you need to make sure you sell share with your agent. Hey friends. We are here to tell you that we have made you a freebie. A freebie. It's free. It's free. Those are my favorite ones. I know. Look, (laughs) I love a good freebie, and this one is vital. I love it. Now, I will say we have always, since episode nine, way back then, when we had our database episode, the original, had our database template for free. Yes. Okay? Yes. It is a spreadsheet. It is the column headers and some instructions on how to use it. It is not difficult. No. <laughs> but we have amped it up this year. And now there is a who do you know list that comes with your database template. So this list will really help you build your database. If you feel like you don't know who to add, how do I find people, this list gets you brainstorming about who do you already know. Right. This even works if you're brand new to your area. Yeah. So who do you know? You're going to take the list and you're like, oh, yeah. I know these people. I know them. Mm. And you're going to put them straight onto that database template and you're going to hit the ground running with your database work. It's an excellent resource. And you just have to visit hustlehumblypodcast.com slash start here. Yes, because the database is the foundation of your business. It's where you need to start. Start there. Perfect. Okay, enjoy. Okay, what's next? You're sitting them. Do you want to talk about listing docs at all? Or you feel no, like it's so yeah. in the weeds? Every state, and every has state different. is different. So we won't go too, too deep We've into that. We've already told you your listing agreement is between you and the broker mm-hmm. with your agent assigned to you. Um, the listing agreement is going to have your list price and your commission amount. Okay, mm-hmm. those things are negotiable. Mm-hmm. So we can't tell you what that is. Right. Could be anything. Right. Okay, got to talk to your agent. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we are not discount brokers. We don't have any real information on that. But yes, discount brokers do exist. I would just make sure to ask the questions of what what am I getting? What are the services that they're going to provide? Mm-hmm. So is it just simply inputting it into the MLS system and you're kind of on your own? You mm-hmm. schedule your own showings. You have to negotiate on your own. Like, what do you get? Yeah, there's different levels. Always. And I always tell my clients too, like once we have the photos done, mm-hmm. I can have it on the market within two or three days. Right. So once we have photos scheduled, it's pretty much game time. Yeah. I Mine's the next day. I, I Photos today on the market tomorrow. Okay. That's how, that's the timing I use. Yeah. So it's really quickly though. Yeah. But it this starts to move fast. Right. And I won't schedule photo. Like I need the property disclosure before photos. You know, the procrastinators sure. out there. Yeah, you will, <laughs> well, you have to have the property disclosure in our MLS in order for to, it to make go it live. live. Like, yes. it, you're not allowed to just be like, I'll have it later. No, you I'll, have I'll to have it later. Yes. And the property disclosure for anyone's like, God, they keep saying that. What does that mean? This is the document that in Louisiana, it goes through everything that you know about your home. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's going to ask you all kinds of questions about the property and the house and the condition that you have to share legally. Like this has to be filled out whether Mm -hmm. you have an agent or not. Right. Okay. What's next? It's listed. Oh my God. Great. We've done all the hard work. At this point, I have a... We have a email that goes to our sellers, letting them know it's officially on the market Uh with a link to the property and make it the link that you want them to share agents. Mm -hmm. So like the link to your website or whatever link is best. Mm -hmm. Um, And so sellers, check your links, read it, look at the information, Mm -hmm. make sure that everything is filled out appropriately. Yep. Um, And then uh, this email also gets it. So we've already talked about all these things, but it also, I reiterated in the email how showings work yes. and getting feedback. Can you tell them a little blurb about how showings work? Sure. So <laughs> we have an app. I'm sure most places have an app at this point. Sure. That will either text or email or call the seller saying, okay. someone wants to see your house on this day between two and three. Yeah. Yes or no. All right. You confirm it. Yeah. Okay. So they go. Once a realtor finishes their showing, most systems automatically ask for feedback. Right. It's kind of 50-50 on if you're going to get feedback through that form. Right. Like some agents don't leave the feedback in that form, at which point I try to give them a full day before I reach out. Right. Maybe they were showing more. I have to remind sellers like they're pro- they could be looking at more houses than just yours. Right. So at when the showing ends at three o'clock, I don't know how it went yet. Right, right. We don't know. We don't know. But I get texts sometimes. It's like, how'd the showing go? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Um, you may also want to be mindful about if you have cameras in your home and yeah. ring doorbells and things like that. Because sometimes I have sellers now texting me being like, they didn't seem like they liked it because right. I heard them talking on the stoop. <laughs> But so, you can't take you can't take that at face value, right? right? You don't because know because maybe the wife liked it, maybe the husband didn't, maybe they just all needed yeah. to stew on it. Maybe um, there was something they didn't like, but after seeing all five choices, they were like, "Well, your house, your house really was the best, right?" And I don't want to get too into the weeds about my specific process, right? Because that's fine. every agent is different. different. But feedback is sometimes hard to get, and as an agent, I do try a few times to get right. feedback. But at some point, if I cannot get feedback, it just means they were not interested. I was about to say that. Here's the hot the fe- tip for you. The feedback is they either want to buy your house and wrote an offer 
or they don't want to buy your house. Yeah. And there's no offer. Right. Ideally, would we like the people who didn't want to buy it to tell us why? Sure. Sure. I want to know, is it the maroon dining room? Is it like Mm -hmm. the size of the yard? Is it something I can fix? Is it something I can't fix? That would be great. And your agent will do everything in their power to get you that information. Mm -hmm. But- I don't know if this is nationwide, if this is just locally. It obviously depends on this, like how the market is. But I have found in my 17-year career <laughs> that if you get to showing number 10 <laughs> and you have had no offers, yeah. there may be something amiss with the condition of your home. Because sure. if you have no showings, then it's something is wrong with the price. Mm-hmm. Because if you get the price right, someone's coming to see it. Yes. Okay. Whether it's perfectly renovated or super outdated, you just have to get the price right and someone is coming to see it. Mm-hmm. Once you get to 10, someone's coming to see it. I would hope that you had feedback that told you what was up or an offer. Sure. Okay. Um, so yeah, feedback can be frustrating, but it can also be helpful. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. Yeah. So you kind of just have to see. Like, I think the number of showings you have in the first two weeks is also a lot of feedback. Yeah. Right. Your best showings are going to come in the beginning mm-hmm. and at the highest frequency in the beginning. Right. So what I tell my sellers, I want you to be so prepared and pretty and ready for the market so that we don't have to have you running out for to let some stranger come look at your house once every three days for the next three months. When you leave the house, the beds are made. Yeah, every Things day. Are t- every day you have to leave your what house. What if you have a dog, Alyssa? What's going to happen? Yeah, you have Someone to- has to come get the dog, yeah, kennel yeah. the dog. That's mm-hmm. not ideal. What if the dog barks during ideal. the whole showing? That's right. not pleasant. Not Nobody pleasant. wants to see a house like that. There are some things to work out. Right. You have to have a plan. Sometimes I tell people, like, I just had some clients that have a dog that's not super friendly. And they were like, <laughs> our mom is going to keep the dog while the house is right, for like sale. Right, like the dog just isn't going to live here. He's just not going to live here. We're going to board the dog the first week. I've had people do that. You know, my husband's times. job is flexible. He's going to go get the jo- dog and take him for a walk while. Okay, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. When Let's back up to the you got a request for a showing. Mm-hmm. If you have a situation like you need to go run and make the beds or pick up your dog, you need to tell and your agent should ask you on the in the listing appointment, what do you need for a showing? Do you need an hour notice, two hours notice? I've had plenty of clients who said they needed 24-hour notice. I will advise strongly against that. It's hard. It's too hard because let's say someone popped into town and just realized that your house was listed and they want to see it, but they're leaving town tomorrow and you said 24-hour notice. And the showing service is hardcore about that. Mm-hmm. If you said 24-hour notice and someone calls at 10 a.m on a Tuesday, they they cannot show it at 9 a.m. on the next day. Like it has to be after 10. So if you need a night to prepare, I say do 12 hours Mm -hmm. at the max. You know, no one's making appointments middle of the night. Right. So if you give 12, if you say I need 12 hours notice, then at least you have enough time to wake up in the morning and know that your bed needs to be made. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or don't be too restrictive. If you just live nearby, I mean, work nearby and you just need to get there to get the dog, say Mm -hmm. I need an hour notice or two hour notice. The more restrictive you are, the less showings you will get. Right. Right. Like if you can't, if you can't, you got to make it easy and frictionless for people to see your home. Also for showings, you will want to consider the things that are in your home, Um, you know, things of value, small electronics, jewelry, firearms, if you have any prescriptions, like you you just want to be mindful. Basket, okay? Yeah. These things really should not stay in your home. Yes. Your, Your buyer should be accompanied by their agent. 
are all good are all buyers good people i can't i can't say yes right 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 so even if an agent is there with them and watching them there could be two of them someone could be in the um you know bathroom digging through your prescription meds you've got to take that stuff out of your home for safety yes okay so just have your little go box of the things that you can't leave there grab your dog grab your go box Mm -hmm. and and take it on the road go drive around the neighborhood for an hour until you know it's time to go back so just be mindful that these are also safety concerns when you return home um and i think we have um this in maybe the the you're going to get the showing instructions. If mm-hmm. you request the interview questions, you'll also get our showing instructions. So they're on the website as well on how to prepare for a show. Right, but you um you need to check for safety when you return. Are all of the windows and doors still locked? Mm-hmm. You know, we just need to be careful because we're letting strangers into our home. We hope these strangers have been vetted by their agent, but we cannot assume that much. Right, right, right. And if you have an open house. Amplify that. These it, are definitely stra- these, are, these strangers. are strangers that are not vetted. They're not even vetted or or babies being babysat. They right. just there can be In anybody who wants to go unlock a window and come back later. Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. Do we want to talk about open house while we're on that? I think not too much because okay. we just have a quick, whole episode on it. All right. When would you do an open house? The I house do is not on the market. I do. We're different. I do not like to do open houses the first four weeks. Mm-hmm. I want to force people to make an appointment. Yeah. To be honest, I have not got – so during COVID, there weren't really any open houses. Um, I have not really adopted them back into my marketing yet yeah. because of the safety aspect of it. I'm just right. feeling like when your house is for sale – if you want to see it and you're a real buyer, you make an appointment. Right. I think open houses can be helpful. Um, they're just not a huge part. And I, I still do them from time to time. They're just not as big of a part as my marketing plan was as they used to yeah, be. Yeah, and I don't think that an open house is going to be the reason why you do or don't sell your house, sure. right? Like if you do – but there are safety concerns. Again, mm-hmm. they are strangers. If that makes you uncomfortable, you can totally sell your house without ever doing an open house. It is funny because the few times that I've like listed law enforcement houses, they're mm-hmm. like, we are not having an open no house. open houses. Like they just no. know. Right? They just like, know. They're like, they no, just, thank you. They know too much. They're, they're like, like I, no open houses. If someone wants to see our house, they can make an appointment no. with a professional. And also keep in mind, do you like your agent? Do you want something bad to befall them while they're in your home? <laughs> No, I mean, it, it, some yeah. they're there alone. It's da- it's a dangerous proposition. It could be. Yeah, could it could be. be. Okay, so we're gonna move on from open house. If I do them, I usually would do them like the second week, maybe. Yeah, but I don't include it anymore, mm-hmm. just for that reason. I'll give the seller all the facts, and we'll have this exact discussion. I'll be like, it isn't gonna be the reason you sell your home. Sure. Now. Do you have a very unique home that I need to be there for showings to help people understand? That's a totally different. And I also tell the seller, anyone who calls the sign, I am going to be happy to show them once I've vetted them. Yes. No one is going to be turned away from seeing your home because we didn't do an open house. Correct. Okay. It's always open with an appointment. Always open by appointment. (laughs) That's right. Okay. So what's next? Again, we don't want to get too into our specific marketing, but yeah. but be asking your agent. You should have already asked during the interview, you know, things that they do to market the property. So the marketing is happening. So let's fast forward to getting an offer. 
I think so. Why not? Anything I missed before that? Um, No, you told them about they got their email. Once it was listed, they got a copy of all their docs. I feel like we're, we're good to. Oh, I do want to put a little quick note in there about home warranty. Mm. I don't know about what type of home you're in or how old it is. Home warranties can be good and they can be nah, not so good. But there is an option to purchase a home warranty that covers your listing period, you mm-hmm. just have to pay for the whole thing for the buyer at closing. Yes. Okay. So if you feel like, whoa, I'm really worried about my AC, feels like it's getting old or my, you know, my water heater is old, whatever. If you've got old things in your house and you feel like you really need to like, you're, you're nervous, you could always get that home warranty coverage they offer seller coverage. Right. Just so, ask your agent about so it. So while, yes, while your home is for sale, you could be covered by a home warranty with the caveat that when you have an offer, you are, you have to, you get, have to purchase it, them right. a home warranty. So I, it's fine. You know. Yeah. I've had clients who had success with them. I've had clients who were like, never again. So right, I right. don't know. Whatever. Yeah. You, you do your own research. Okay. Do we, we didn't really give all the showing instructions, but they can get that if they get the freebie. Okay, yes. great. Moving on. Anything else? You got an offer. That's where we're at? Right. <laughs> we have an like, offer, Mr. I just, seller. I would love Mrs. for you two to see. This is just my checklist from the listing period. We're showing okay, you two. So from right before the – and then I have my checklist from contract to closing. Oh, man. My point is – it's, it's a, a lot. lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And, it, I'm and not we just don't want to be too much longer than an hour I for know. y'all. I'm not trying to like make it up. But like, <laughs> How are we doing on time? Um, we have, we have, can you get through the rest of the process in 15 minutes? Yeah, let's go. Okay, we can do this. Okay. Deep breaths. Everyone, okay. just take a moment. It's not impossible to sell your home. People do it every day. And now we have an offer. We have an offer. I'm this is so, so exciting. exciting. Okay. I think. What happens? You think. What happens? What happens now? At this point, as the agent, I am checking the pre-approval letter. Mm-hmm. I have an email template that I send to the lender with a copy of everything, basically saying, hey, I just got this offer from you. I just want to make sure you feel good about the close date, the terms of the offer. Right. Is there anything the lender needs to know? Is it in a flood zone that requires flood insurance? You're kind of just vetting the information you've been given. Right. You don't want to just blindly take any offer. No. You need to do some research. Not you. Your agent. Your agent is vetting for you. vetting. Okay. Talking to lenders that are going – the lenders, without the lender, we can't get to closing. No. If it's a cash sale, you need proof of funds. Yes. Follow up with that bank and make sure mm-hmm. they're a real bank and that these funds are readily available. Mm-hmm. So the money, you have to do you your have to research. Have the money, right? Yes. And yes, with a cash offer, you eliminate some of the obstacles of a loan. But money is money. So uh, it, it, I don't know that I would say take a lower cash offer because it's cash. I no. think I would be like, well, I want the most money I can get for my home. Yes. Okay. Now is also a good time to plug in numbers to your net sheet. Your agent should be uh-huh. doing this for you to say based on this offer with the price they're offering and if they're asking for closing right. costs, this is what your this is what you'll walk check away would with. look like at yeah. closing. How do you feel about this? Right. What, what do we need to – counter or is there anything in here that we're not sure about okay so you really have to understand your numbers at this time for sure meet your deadline um if they say we need a response by 5 p.m please get them a response by 5 p.m also this is your only chance to negotiate any of the terms as a seller once you sign this you are locked into a legal contract yes 
You need to know if the closing date is a day you're going to be out of town. <laughs> you need to know if you need an extra day after closing to move your stuff out. Mm -hmm. If you don't ask for those things to be changed or added, you cannot do it later. The buyer is not required by law to make those changes for you. Mm -mm. So you would basically have to be a squatter in your home. Yes. If, you, if you're like, well, I can't be out at closing. Right. Because the process is I yeah. You have to be out when, when the papers are signed, you hand them the key and your stuff should be already all out. out. I out. have sellers that and and it's hard because you don't want to start packing until you're through the inspection period. Okay. So once you're under contract, mm -hmm. it's still a very fragile time. Yes. And you still want the house to look somewhat decent and clean for when the appraiser comes yeah. after inspection. Yes. But then, so that's why we are, we do spend so much time, I know you and I do, on the front end. For sure. Of getting the house ready. Because I tell my sellers, listen, once we are under contract, you have 30 days to get out. Right. And you don't, and I don't want you to pack it up until the appraiser's been there. So let's call that day 14. So you have about <laughs> two, two, yeah, weeks, two, two weeks, two weeks to empty the home. Mm -hmm. So if it's not coming with you to the next home, I don't want it in this house. Right. You're like, get, get it. <laughs> That's the great point. Get it packed up or moved out or in storage pre listing. Getting your house ready for photos is stage one of moving. It is. And they call that Start the moving pre -packing. process. Pre-packing. Pre-packing. Okay. All okay. those like Christmas decorations and whatever, you mm -hmm. know, get a storage unit, chunk it, whatever you got to do, just start that process right. so that when the clock is really ticking, you're not totally overwhelmed. It's always more than you think it's, it's going to be more. to get out. I know. It's a lot to get out it's of a, a house. Lot. So that's the biggest thing. You know, if it says you have to be out by March 6th, I have clients that on March 5th, the only thing left in the house is a mattress. Yeah. Everything else is in storage or where they're going. Right. And the next morning they wake up and they put the mattress in a U-Haul and, and they drive to closing. And then they unload it at the new place. So there's different ways to go about this. Okay. But Let's stop right there. If you are a seller who is also a buyer... That is a very um, nuanced process that it we is. have a full episode on, mm -hmm. okay? So if you need to know all of the information about how in the world would I buy and sell at the same time, go listen to episode number 65. If you're going to just sell and maybe you want to buy later or you just want to know more about the buying process, that's episode 181. Okay. Mm -hmm. So these are our, our three consumer episodes. Normally, we're talking just to our agent friends, but lucky you, <laughs> everyone gets to hear this story. Yes. Okay. So you've got the offer. You've looked at all the terms. You've accepted the offer. Or countered, but at some point, you came to an agreement. Okay. You're Under pending. contract. Woo. What happens next? I have a seller under contract email. All right. Well, let's <laughs> tell us what happens. Okay. So in the email templates, we do have a email sent to the sellers with the important information they need to know. Mm -hmm. What is your close date? What are the things in the purchase agreement that have to stay with the home when you move out? Okay, great. Let's go back to that. <laughs> when you got your contract, 
You need to be aware if they ask for your refrigerator or your washer or dryer to stay, or if you're trying to keep something that's installed to the property like a light fixture, Mm -hmm. you have to negotiate all of this during the contract. Drapes and wine coolers have been a big point of contention in certain things. In Louisiana, (laughs) the drapes and the blinds and the rods, they all stay. That's how the contract is written. Yeah. But it is, a well, oh, these are my... You know, drapes my grandmother made. I got to take these. No, that's not what it says. Right. It says in the contract that you signed. That your agent and your location can tell you what happens in your contract. But be aware that you need to to tell someone. uh, You can't tell me later I'm taking the 500 pound fountain out of the backyard. No. No. And a lot of that, too, is covered on our homeowner information sheet if there are things that don't stay. But you need to be mindful of all of that. And tell your agent. Tell your agent. Please. Put it on the list. Okay, fine. I'm sorry. Go back. Buyers are now moving into the inspection period. Great. So now they are going to have a home inspection. And you're going to keep it looking very nice. It needs to look just like they did the day they walked in to see it. And you're going to expect on the day of inspection for the inspector. Yes. Maybe maybe like a termite inspector or maybe some other type of inspector, a mold inspector. Who knows? Any number of inspectors might be there. The buyer might be there. Mm -hmm. Maybe the buyer's mom and dad are there. Mm -hmm. Maybe their kid. Maybe their friend. There may be a trail of cars down the road of all the people who want to get in there during the inspection. This is is the buyer's time. This is the buyer showing as many. Some people think that the home inspection is just for the home inspection. This is also their time to get estimates if they need new flooring. Right. To get estimates if they're getting a designer, to show anybody whose opinion matters the most to them. This is the buyer's time to dive in and look closely. So there could be a lot of people at this home inspection. Which is okay. Fine. Fine. That's their right they're, at this time. Legally, they're all supposed to be respectful and not do anything crazy in there, but they, they're allowed to be there. Yeah. Okay. Now they make a repair request, possibly, or they yes. ask you for money to do some repairs. I don't think we're going to get deep into this. but nope, We have a, a whole episode on inspection. It's another point of, of negotiation. You and your agent are going to negotiate with these people based on what they've asked for. You could do repairs. I prefer, especially when I'm representing the seller, that you offer money instead of repairs. Right, because you can't get that wrong. Right. They will come back right before closing to do a final walkthrough to check repairs that you agreed to. Sometimes the way a seller does a repair is not the same way the buyer would do the repair. But if you negotiated money, there is no discrepancy. Money is money. Yes. Here's the $500. You do it yourself. Right. Or if maybe you're packing and you're busy and you just don't have time to tackle these repairs mm-hmm. or get someone lined up to do them, offer the money. Yes. It's just way more streamlined. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are we past inspections? I think we can be in past inspections. Okay. So typically, the buyers don't order the appraisal mm-hmm. until after the home inspection. And this is now the end of their, basically, they're out, the period of time when they could cancel for any reason. Right. So start Please, packing a little. <laughs> here's a hot tip for you. Don't go on um, social media the day you get an offer and say, I sold my house. You are so far from selling your house. <laughs> it is not even funny. We still have a ways to go. You. Lots now, to happen. Now we have basically eliminated this obstacle. We're through inspections. The buyers cannot cancel for any reason right now. Correct. Right? Yes. Okay. Good news. There are still some contingencies that have to happen. Okay. What does that mean? 
That means like it is contingent on an appraisal. Was your contract contingent okay. on an appraisal? So I do find I didn't, you know, I don't think about it, but the public sometimes confuses inspection and appraisal. Right. Inspection is checking the house itself, the, the major systems yeah. of the house. Are there any safety issues? Mm-hmm. They spend a lot of time in the attic, on mm-hmm. the roof, checking outlets. The appraiser is checking value. Yeah, because the bank doesn't want to give you money unless the house is worth the money they're giving you. Correct. Right? So they send the appraiser out to check the contract price. Yeah. And make sure Mm -hmm. that we're good to go. If for some reason it comes in low. Right, less than your sales price. Yeah, so if you're under contract for $300 and it appraises for $280, it opens back up for negotiation. You do not have to come down on the price. But the buyer could walk away. They are allowed to. They are allowed to walk away if you don't come to an agreement. So it just opens back up for negotiation. There is a little side note here. If this is a certain type of loan, like an FHA loan, and it came back low, that appraisal sticks with your home for six months mm-hmm. okay so that's just a whole nother thing but something are, to think about you just you, you maybe you're you're kind of stuck if you very very strongly believe that the appraisal was wrong and you have good ammunition sometimes they are wrong sometimes they are and your listing agent should submit what's called an appraisal dispute mm-hmm if you have ammunition that would actually change the appraiser's opinion Your agent through the lender will dispute the appraisal with the data that was not used in the appraisal you already have or list whatever discrepancies they found. Okay. And then corrections could be made or corrections could not be made. Sometimes I have submitted excellent appraisal disputes only for the appraiser to say, I disagree with you. I'm leaving it the same. Right. And it happens. They're allowed to have their opinion. I've also had an appraiser change it from 495 to 515. So okay, good. I have had success. I have not had success. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've had them change it by $1,000 before. Oh, thank you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wowie. Mm-hmm. But again, your, your agent is going to help you navigate that appraisal process. Mm-hmm. Now, once the appraisal comes back, is good, and everyone is happy, and your, your agent has checked in with the lender and everything seems to be moving, I think now you can pack. Really start packing. I tell my sellers to- Fast and furious. All right. Once you have a move out date, mm-hmm. whether it's movers are coming or we're moving out this weekend, I always tell my sellers, like, just recheck in with me yeah, so we can triple check with the lender. Mm-hmm. And I email the lender because I want it in writing yeah. in case something goes wrong. Right. Hey, lender, my sellers are actually moving out of the house this weekend. Right. Before they do this, I have got to make sure we are looking solid, yeah, that there is going? nothing that concerns you at this time. Right. If they say, because there have been times where they said, actually, we've been working on this situation we have. We might need an extension. Yeah. Check before you move out just to make sure things are still moving along. Agree. Okay. What's next? Well, they packed up. You packed up, yep. Now they need to one week out, maybe with the, if they did repairs, they need to provide the agent with the receipts. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they can go ahead now and call their utility companies and schedule the utilities to transfer. Yes. Don't shut you. Are, first of all, you are not allowed to shut them off before closing. If they show up for the final walkthrough and there's no utilities, you have to get them all back on. Yeah. And look, you maybe you moved out a week in advance. You're mm-hmm. going, you're moving out of state, whatever. 
you have to leave the utilities on until you hand them the keys. And when you call the utility company to change over the utilities, you say, I want to transfer. And the buyer then calls after you and says, I'm going to transfer. And it's a seamless, like Mm -hmm. they don't get turned off. They just read the meters and then change the name. Yes. We don't want the buyer to show up and them to be off. Correct. Okay. So we've done our utilities. Really, I mean- in order to close, all the seller needs is an, is a current ID. Mm-hmm. So make sure your driver's license is up to date. Yes. Right? The title company should be sending you the closing disclosure, which should have what your check will be at closing. Yes. They're going to send that within the last couple of days before closing. By law, it's supposed to be within three days of closing. Uh, only for buyers. Oh, well, but then if they have it done. Why wouldn't they do it? Yeah, yeah. Agree. So if you... In that three-day window, they have it somewhere. Yeah, just call. Yeah, the title company. I would like my numbers. Now, with a seller, they might be able to give you your numbers way in advance. And through all this process, the title company has already reached out to you to gather information on your mortgage payoff, your social security number. Don't freak out. They need it. Yes. They have to know your social security number. Yes. So they're going to be asking you some questions. So you'll, you'll know who your title company is at this point. Okay. You're making money on your closing. Okay, great. The title company can hand you a paper check and you can take it to the bank. They can also provide you with a wire. Wire fraud is very prevalent in the real estate industry. Extremely prevalent. Very prevalent. And we do not want you to lose every penny of your equity over a wire fraud scam. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, it's fine. You can get a wire, but you need to see in person... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the title person that's taking down your account information or talk to them on the phone where you called them, not them called you. Yep. Never, ever, 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 ever give your banking information or change your banking, like, via email. Never. Okay? You want to make sure that you and your title person have talked about this phone and they have or got – the scammers have gotten very so smart. Good. So, like, if it's, you know, Main Street Title and it's, you know, Alyssa at Main Street Title, they will make it Alyssa at the Main Street Title. Right, and ask you for your information. And, start, and you don't even realize mm-hmm. it's a new email address. So you have to be so careful because yeah, this is happening. No, no email. No email. It is happening. Okay. And that money could be gone. So Forever. In my perfect world, you would go to the title company to do whatever you need to do. You agree. That's the safest way. Safest. Even if okay, let's let's um talk about something. You're leaving town and mm. you've moved to another state and you're like, but I can't be at closing. I've moved to another state. Fear not. Good news. We have a solution for you. In Louisiana, and I assume in most places, you can give your power of attorney to on just this one thing, just selling this house to someone else. I, Katie, have gotten the power of attorney for my clients many times. Me too. I am fully capable of showing up, checking your numbers. I actually make sure all my sellers verify them before I go. Yes. I can sign. I can sign. It's very yeah. easy you, for me. Your no agent problem. can sign for you a friend, a you do family not have member. To show up. Yeah, anyone. Anyone you choose. Great. But you have to set up that power of attorney in advance of closing. Yes. So they do maybe need notice. Before you leave town, you go over to the title company, sign what you need to sign. You can do it from away. It's just a little more tedious and then right. you have to overnight the documents because they need the actual originals. Yes. Okay. We also did not talk about walkthrough. We briefly mentioned that Right before closing, 
day? usually within a day or two, but yeah. it could be up to five days. Okay. The buyers have a right to re-walk through the property. Yeah check repairs, Mm -hmm. make sure you didn't take anything that you weren't supposed to, like a refrigerator or drapes or whatever may have been in your purchase agreement. Yep. And this sometimes is their first time to see it empty. Mm -hmm. Please have it clean for them. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe some some a nice card or information sheet about yeah. anything they need to helpful, know. Who cut your grass? Right. What are the neighbors' names? Speaking of grass, you have to leave your home in the same or better condition than when they wrote their offer. Your grass has to still be cut. So once you go pending, don't stop cutting your grass. Yes. You're, you cannot let it just slide. Like the house looks – you can't punch a hole in the wall when you're moving out and be like, Meh. oh, well, it's not my house. No, your problem. This is still your problem. Has to be in the same or better condition. Yes. So be very careful when you're moving out. Right. Because you don't want any hiccups because this is like – days or hours before closing. Yeah. So be careful. Be very, very careful because they don't have to go to closing. Yes. If you don't hold up your end of the bargain. This is also where like you have to turn in all the receipts if you had to make repairs. Okay. Other things you need to bring for closing or leave for the buyer, all of the garage openers, um, like if you have manuals about your appliances, leave them in the house, please. Mm-hmm. You can put them in a kitchen drawer or whatever. If all you the have keys. a mailbox key, yes. storage shed key. Any kind of key. Attic key. Anything that is locked or needs a code. Right. Oh, bring the codes. Old alarm have, codes. Yeah. And if you have an, an installed alarm, even if you're not going to be servicing it anymore, you, they need the, the main code to like reset it. Yeah. All these things. Everything. All the things. Anything that you would want to know. Right. That's always a great, you were a buyer once. Did it go well? Did it not go well? What did you wish you knew about the house when you bought it? Mm-hmm. Be that better seller. What day is trash day? Right. Leave a note. Let's help them out. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else? I think that's pretty good. Okay. You close. They give you Yay! your money. Hooray. Congratulations. Maybe you're buying another We house. did it. Maybe you're not. Yeah, congrats. You made it happen. Now you want to make sure that you go and review your agent. Mm-hmm. However, We they, appreciate reviews. However, they ask you to review them. Um, you know, I think that's pretty much the situation, right? That's great. Um, let me just make sure that we caught all of my notes. Oh, I do want to do a really quick mention of multiple offers. Oh, okay. And we do have a whole episode on that, but really from an agent angle. If you should happen and are lucky enough to get multiple offers, please do your very best. Um, Even if the backup offer is slightly less, take a backup offer. It will allow you to be a little bit more, um, I don't even know the right word. You can negotiate better during your repairs of the offer you took Mm -hmm. if you've got a backup in place. Correct. So you can be a little bit more, I don't know, aggressive in your response. Right. Like, I'm not going to do these 25 things. I don't want to do these. I can just take the next one. Because I have other offer. Right. And then the buyer may go, oh, man. Yeah, you definitely Mm want to try and keep a a, a backup offer in place if you've got multiple offers in the beginning. Um, Again, your agent should be providing you with your net sheet way in the beginning. So Mm -hmm. you should know your numbers from the jump. But there are seller closing costs. Yes. There are buyer closing costs and there are seller closing costs. There are some costs costs that are associated with you canceling your mortgage that the title company needs to charge you. Yeah. Okay. So ask your agent what those are. Um, And I think that's really the only other thing I wanted to mention is when you're pricing your home, because this is the most important thing you do besides preparing it. Prepare it, price it. When you price your home, you need to um, 
remember that once you start making price changes, like if you want to test the market and be aggressive with your price and but you're going to lower the price in two weeks, once you lower it once, buyers will wait you out. Yeah. They'll wait to see if you're going to lower it again and again. And if you do, they'll keep waiting and they'll keep waiting. And that's begins the game. No good. That's the game. Um, My broker once told me that you have to get two out of three things right in order to sell your home. And that is price, location, and condition. Okay. Okay. So as a seller, look at your price, look at your condition, look at your location. All right. You got to get two of those things, three things right. I like it. Okay. Um, The other thing I wanted to make mention to sellers is resist the temptation to post your house coming for sale early. Oh, right. In either like Facebook groups or next door groups. I have just found that when you can list it, like when you can post it with the amazing photos and right. the link, you have so much it's of a first better- first impression. Yes. It, you don't want it to be a dud by the time it's finally listed. Yeah. Also, going on the open market is always going to net you more money than selling it before you hit open market. Okay? Right. You, you just, you want to have it out in the market where you could have competition. Correct. If you post it in your- local like your neighborhood HOA group and then someone's like oh my friend wants to buy it and then the friend comes over is like okay I'll buy it you you need to have that competition in order to get the most yes right yes right and um remember that I don't remember the percentage is pretty high it's worth having the agent yeah it's worth paying the money to have the agent Mm -hmm. you're gonna likely make more money in the end on the house if you have the agent Mm -hmm. okay so don't do this to yourself. Yeah. You don't want to. You have a full-time job. There, you already have a full-time job. This is ours. This is ours. Perfect. That is a perfect way to end. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that you guys will have questions. Please ask your agents. Um, feel free to share this episode with other sellers you know. If you're a first-time seller, good luck to you. You can do this. You got this. You can do hard things. So it's going to be fine. Are we ready for a toast? Yeah, so we end each episode with a toast from our listeners. Right. Okay, so we're going to have Jeanette Jessup in St. George, Utah. Oh. Toasting to Heidi K-A-P-C-S-O-S. Capsus. Capsus. Sure, Heidi. All right, let's see what Jeanette has to say about, oh, Jeanetta. Okay. Heidi recently made the top agent at our brokerage for the state of Utah and closed over $20 million in sales this year. She has been an amazing friend and mentor to me, and I wouldn't be where I am without her help. That's amazing. That's so great. What a huge accomplishment, too. Wow, it's amazing. Um, Cheers to Heidi, and Mm -hmm. thank you to Janetta and to all of our seller friends. Remember, we can share some great info with you, hustlehumblypodcast.com slash listing. Mm-hmm. If you need those interview questions or how to prep your home for a showing, how to vet an agent, we'll give you some some details. Okay, great. Okay, that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Happy selling. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.